Hello, this is Robert Rickover, and I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Omaha, Nebraska. And my guest is Amanda Cole, a serious, very serious student of the Alexander Technique from different traditions. Um, she is, I'm just going to read from blurb from her book, which I will hold up, and I recommend every Alexander teacher read this um, because it sheds a lot of new light on the history of the technique. Uh, uh, Amanda is a Australian performer, researcher, writer, and music educator. She's a research fellow at Griffith University in Brisbane, Australia. She's won numerous awards for creative projects, research projects, and professional development. She has a doctorate in performing arts pedagogy from Griffith University and a Master of Music Performance from University of Melbourne, and I think also a teacher uh, teaching uh, master's as well. And master of teaching, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're doing a series of conversations about material that she has uncovered that I think has never seen the light of day before, uh, basically the correspondence between correspondence between F.M. Alexander, Frank Pierce Jones, Marjorie Barstow, and um, John Professor John Dewey, and that, that shed a very different light on the development of the technique in, say, the, oh, from the 40s through the 80s kind of time period. Um, explains a lot about different teaching styles in uh, in England and versus America, but not it's not even geographical so much anymore, different ways of teaching the technique. And I'd like to focus on the whole question of teacher training. Um, typically, I, I think it's fair to say the standard classic model is three years, 15, 1600 hours, uh, formal training. Um, but there's sort of an apprenticeship aspect to it. It's not quite like going to a university or anything like that. Uh, versus um, Marge Barstow's approach to teacher training, which was very, very different. Do you want to say a few things about that? Sure. Um, so one uh the just to also clarify that the most of the correspondence is between marjorie barstow and frank pierce jones there are occasional letters from dewey and references to letters from and to fm and ar but mostly right. it's between marge and frank right. and a lot of their uh a lot of their letters talk um refer to their plans to create a training course together that's and right yeah i forgot that i'm glad you mentioned yeah. it yeah that that was fascinating to me that they actually talked about this for not just weeks and months but for years and decades they re revisited this and talked about how they could do it frank came to uh bill conable told me that frank pierce jones came to her training courses her, her summer courses and and taught into them and um she would recommend that people go and train with uh with frank and you know so on so they were constantly talking about how to train teachers um and her position changed over the years so she started off saying i don't train teachers at all 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where a lot of people have got the information that Marjorie Bastow didn't train teachers um, because she said it herself. But then she gradually changed that. She also said things like, I don't train teachers. I train people. I teach people how to use the Alexander technique and whatever that what they apply it to is their business. And that can include teaching. And then she changed again and actually wrote a letter to, uh, now this isn't fresh in my mind because I haven't written about it for, <laughs> this book was nearly published a year ago, um, but the ACAT and the the, North, the East and West arms of, of that. So the U.S., that, that those are, coming, for those who aren't familiar yeah, with that, do that history, there were sort of two uh organizations related to the alexander technique and certifying teachers it was the east coast one and a west coast one and at some point in the uh i think kind of the mid 80s um it was around the stony book congress where what what transpired was they they kind of amalgamated and they did it in a way that would make it them acceptable to STAT, the main organization based in England, and made decisions that were kind of based around wanting to be seen as equals to that, um, interchangeable with that kind of thing. And uh, so the question of Marge, people that considered themselves teachers who studied with Marge was, a little iffy because they certainly didn't have any 1600 hours, the three years, whatever. I mean, it was a different, totally different system. No, no one really counted the hours particularly. And, it, and, and their interactions with Marge were not um, specifically oriented to learning how to teach the technique. They were students of hers who were learning how to apply it themselves. And as you said, well, apply it to whatever they want. And if what they want is to help other people, that that's okay too. But then she went a step further, which is what you were starting to say. Yeah. And so in she actually then wrote a letter to the board of directors, ACAT Western Region, to say, uh, that there are two two misunderstandings that seem to be present in the thinking of some members of the great Alexander community. Greater, that's a, a typo. The first is that after studying with me for only one month or so at my summer workshop in Lincoln, students are encouraged to go away and teach the Alexander technique. This is a complete fallacy. Students yes, are encouraged. I, I can attest to that. That is a complete fallacy. Yeah. Students who are, uh, sorry, are encouraged to apply what they have learned to their daily activities, but not attempt to teach the technique to others. The second misunderstanding is that I've never trained Alexander teachers. Since the early 1960s, there have been a number of people who have worked with me consistently in what can be considered an extended apprenticeship training program. So I can go on, but the upshot was that they, and Marge then listed a number of teachers, number of people who'd been training with her over these years and they then um they said they refused to certify any of the teachers that she listed but then offered her a membership of the new organization right right Kathy Mann told me she ripped up (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just astounding. But the, the the people who made these decisions. So I said I said in my in in this chapter here. Um, ironically, the teachers who set up ACAT, which was Leibowitz and Kaplan, were less experienced than Marge and no more certified by STAT to train teachers than Marjorie Barstow was. Okay. But they still managed to create ACAT and exclude anyone who was trained by Barstow who had not already been certified by another training course. That is, they simply valued their own training programs more highly than Marjorie Barstow's training program. Yeah, and... and that that's that is the historical uh that's what happened but i think it reflects an idea about maybe wanting to be seen as more professional than just someone who hung out with a great teacher yeah i i don't know all of that i was around during that history but i wasn't uh, i was sort of little outside it because I already had graduated from a training yeah, right. in England. Right. So I didn't have, I'm didn't not know. on that list because I don't think she bothered putting people like myself and no. a few others. No, she didn't. You're not on there it. was no reason to, but yeah, she, um, I think, I think at, at, at some level, she was a little suspicious of this idea of, a certain number of hours, that's what she needed to, to qualify. It didn't make a lot of sense to her. Um, plus the fact that they weren't really teaching in the way that she wanted to teach, which was very application, yeah. uh, very much an application approach. Um, so yeah, that split really carried on for quite a long time. I don't know today, things are probably different, but um, but I think I think Alexander liked the idea of a training course because I think it gave him a certain, you know, here I am and I got this train this official training course. You know, and yeah. although we gotta say Alexander did the apprentice thing also earlier with some of the very best teachers, like yeah. uh Irene Tasker and Margaret Goldie. All I don't think any of those people were actually students on his training course. They had already Ethel Webb, they had already become teachers by virtue of hanging out with him. Maybe yeah, and not, AR, not in quite the same way you would hang out with Marge in a larger group, but definitely mm -hmm. it was informal training. But he he entrusted that you know he got them gigs in different parts of the world, and uh, and so yeah. And I I don't know. Do you have, do you have any thoughts about how that difference? relates to the kind of bigger questions we've been asking about pragmatism and Dewey and their approach to things. Yeah. One of my favorite things is something my, my partner said, I got this from him, uh, not in this context, but he says he, he loves to say form over content. Well, he's the first person I ever heard saying form over content. And I think that and a formal training course is form over content versus like Marge's, Marge was interested in the content. What are you actually doing with the time that you spend with right. your teacher? What are you learning and what have you, what can you do as a result of it? Um, yeah. Rather than the form of a formal 
training course, which is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, I think you modeling. used the phrase uh, Alexander technique as uh, a, um, a what? Oh, yes, that's, a that's Kathy Mitten as that well. Kathy she Matt? says it's a, yeah. yeah, and Kathy says it's a how, not a what. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also the a, a very fundamental difference was that uh, the the sort of standard training courses tend to emphasize certain procedures. Yeah, table work, chair work, very position of mechanical advantage, hands on back. There's a whole bunch of them that are That's kind of specific to the Alexander technique and. There's some danger of getting really good at those, but you know yeah. how it is. And if you teach somebody those, it's not always clear how how well they're going to be able to take that into playing a violin or exactly. Running. And that's an, yeah, and that's another example of the form where I got quite good at the form. But if you'd asked me what the Alexander technique is after I'd had those kinds of lessons, I wouldn't have had a clue. Yeah. Yeah. not a clue so i didn't know what the content was like i knew the form and right. i you know i understood about end gaming and i understood that it was um it kind of felt good when i did it but i couldn't have explained to anyone what i was doing or what it was about or, or i understood what the point why i was doing it but i couldn't have explained it to anybody else really you know, um, back in the day, I I did back in the I guess the late '80s, I did a lot of interviews with teachers, both Marge teachers and uh, non-Marge teachers, um, using little cassette tapes. And mm -hmm. um, one of the questions I would ask people is, "Well, what do you do? What what's your strategy for dealing?" with a situation where it's clear to you that you're not performing as well as you believe you would be capable of and or or maybe you you're in a little you're in some pain what are you going to do about that what what's the next step and what i discovered then i don't know whether you get the same results today but the classic classically tamed trained students of classically trained teachers would say well i'll just have a I'll have book a lesson with my teacher right. and they didn't really have a strategy beyond that for the most part mm -hmm. but when you would ask that question of students of marge not not even ones that were aiming to be teachers but just you know the, the random group that showed mm -hmm. up in her workshop they would often have very specific strategies using right. their thinking. Yeah. Very amazingly specific. They mm. they had already encountered that and used those strategies and they knew they worked and they yeah, a very different approach. Um yes, completely fundamentally. So, and um maybe we could tie that in to um, Dewey's idea about uh, democracy in, you think there's an, a tie in there? Could. I just wanted, there was something I wanted to say, which was before I encountered uh, Marge style Alexander technique, 
my strategy was that I used to spend a lot of time, you know, so if I was coming up to a recital, I would spend a lot of time doing doing semi supine on the ground. I remember I remember we had a builder um, doing doing some work, and I would be I would be lying on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and it was also freezing cold where we lived. We lived in this farmhouse that didn't have much insulation, so I would have blanket over me. Yeah. <laughs> and look at me lying on the ground right. I just going, I'm okay I'm preparing for my recital and now I think of that and I just think and, and then I would take the feeling that I got from yeah. lying yeah. semi-supine and, and and doing all those things that you say like head head moving away from blah 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 and yeah. the, the mantra kind of things and then I would get up and and practice but but I was totally it was totally counterproductive because what I was trying to do was sing holding on to the feelings that I had experienced while I was lying on the ground and I worked about one in 250 times it was so frustrating yeah yeah that that was my strategy and and just (laughs) I know we we're gonna have a conversation about table work at a future date But just taking the constructive rest part of it, forget the, forget having a teacher, but it's pretty easy to learn how to put yourself in this constructive rest position that has some advantages. It does tend to encourage release and so on. But then the question is, what happens when you get up from it? You know, like... Yes. And that- that was my experience That's, was that or, or I'd come away from a lesson and I'd get in the car and I would feel the feelings all drifting like like melting away and I'd be driving along and I'd think oh I, I have to hold on to that I, I mean I know that wasn't a constructive I even knew then that wasn't a constructive word to use but right. I, I didn't know what to do and I felt like a failure the whole time because you know an hour after my lesson it was all gone and yeah and and it's it's interesting that when you look at promotional material from a lot of teachers like on their website so often for the more traditional we train teachers constructive rest will be kind of almost like a logo about for the alexander technique i actually there's one site where it's the thing that's the thing okay and you would never get that with marge teachers or marge i mean marge did very 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 little table work Uh, i think she was fine with constructive rest insofar as it went she wasn't opposed to it yeah but she did not make it a thing of great importance in itself compared to how to learn how to think to look after yourself which is which is of course her her thing like i never had a table lesson with marge i know people that had one you know and they had to sort of beg for it um right it just wasn't a thing she normally did unless it was somebody that literally could not stand up yeah right yeah, then of course she, uh, that was the, she, would, yeah. uh, she was very adaptable. I mean, yeah. Um, so that, that does seem like a very basic difference between Marge and and the more Marge idea and the more traditionally trained. I don't know whether there's any correspondence about constructive rest, but I suspect there. Is, I'm pretty sure there was some about table work, and we could get to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we will get to that. And I want to go back to your question where you asked me whether there was something to do with Dewey and the different training programs. And there's a lot. So like I, um, and probably I would like to just prepare my thoughts a bit before I launch into a discussion of that. But Dewey's um, educational ideas and philosophy um, tie into a lot of aspects of the way Marge trained teachers. And one of just one thing was that. Um, was the was the social context and you said democracy and i'm just adding the social context uh, i know most training programs are done in a social context like they're done in groups but um but marge then extended that to include beginners as well so that people were teaching beginners as well right. as each other because i think that's one of the artificial um aspects of a, of a training course is that if you're only working on working on I don't like that term working with other trainees it's an artificial context um, but there's a lot more to say that then I think also training like I know training programs are changing so that they also um, see people from the general public come in and, and have um, you know beginner lessons with them so they're not just working with each other right right yeah um but yeah i'd like to think more about yeah de definitely dewey's ideas tie in with the way marge trained teachers but i want to, i'd like to just think about that so i can present it in a, a logical fashion. yeah let's let's put that off and and maybe and is there anything else you want to say about constructive rest just in in and of itself nope okay so uh we'll end this this uh conversation thank you amanda and uh, uh thank you so much